With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Do you need new clothes? If you're like me, then you certainly do. Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get those clothes, and they got everything from hats and beanies to t-shirts and long sleeves to hoodies and windbreakers with more clothing coming soon. My listeners, get 10% off using the promo code PLATTE. That's capital P-L-A-T-T-E. Link is in the description of the podcast. Shop Anti-Forever USA today. Welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, and here once again for our third annual All-Star Weekend Predictions podcast is Chris Phillips. Chris, how you doing? What's up, everyone? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. Chris is joining us over the phone for this podcast. You know, him being at CMU and me being at MSU makes it difficult for our schedules to match, but we couldn't let the people down, Chris. It's tradition. Tradition. Dedication. Three years in a row and running, baby. Three years strong, baby. Three years strong. All right. So how this is gonna work is uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna start by talking Abaka, the Abaka trade, because I dropped a podcast Tuesday and I recorded it Monday before before the Abaka trade. So, Chris, let's talk about that Abaka trade. So Abaka was traded from the Magic to the Raptors for Terrence Ross and the less of two 2017 first round picks. And so, Chris. First off, what did you think of the trade for both sides? Um, uh, I came out of class. I got the alert. I thought it was an extremely good deal for the Raptors just because, obviously, an upgrade at the four was much needed if they wanted to continue along. Some say this is their supposed big three, and it's a pretty nice big three, guys. The Magic side, I don't know because, yeah – Let's be real, that probably wasn't going to work with Biombo and Vucevic, and either way, they should be trying to rebuild. So adding a pick is nice. And then Ross is still, they really don't have that great of a three-player, so I feel like he could slide in there, play good minutes for them, and he's still young, so you never know what could happen there. Because then in Toronto, he really wasn't getting his full shot minutes-wise, so that could work out, so you never know. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to look at it for the Magic. I think there's one way, the only way to look at it for Toronto is it's a great move. Um, It's a great move, and it's kind of an all-in move, and all the reports are that they intend to re-sign Ibaka, and this intends to be a part of their long-term plan 
to eventually make a shot at the finals in the title. But as far as the Magic go, there's two schools of thought. One, yes, you traded Victor Oladipo and uh, a pick for Serge Ibaka. And that trade didn't really go over well because you had him for about four months and then you traded him again. And you got Terrence Ross and a first-round pick in what is a good draft, so not a terrible haul. Probably the best they were going to get as far as offers go for for a pending free agent. But you just look at you just look at the deals, the history of deals Orlando made, and yeah, they've probably taken less value on a lot of trades they've made in the, over the last year and a half, two years. But at the same time, he was going to walk, and he never gave them any intention of re-signing so he could have walked rather and so I think I think it was smart by them to at least try and get something like you said they got a young player and a pick in a good draft class so we'll see how it turns out for the magic um so I wanted to I wanted to talk about let's transition to this about Abaka and how it impacts the Eastern Conference so with this Abaka trade Chris, do you think Toronto is now for sure the number two team in the East, or do you think, or do you think that Boston or Washington is still ahead of them? I'd say right at this moment, after the deal, I'd say this solidifies Toronto as the two. I know before the deal, there was questions of well, the Wizards are on fire right now. Boston has Isaiah Thomas; they're they're catching fire. So there was like questions of two, three, and four between those three. But I would say the Ibaka deal definitely helps them to jump into that, too. Um, like, originally we thought they probably were going to be in the beginning here, and they were last year. So they're back at that spot. But you never know. So I feel Washington um, could add depth because their starting five is clicking really well, so they don't need to go get a huge name. But a nice guy off the bench that can give them minutes would help a lot. And the same with Boston. Um, they could definitely upgrade over the four as well. Um with, that is with Horford, if you put him at the five, Amir Johnson can get out of the four position because there's also a report that they contacted about Ibaka, so it's kind of like a fight thing maybe for him and try and solidify them as the two. So, you know, depending on what happens in the next, what, seven days or whatever it is to the deadline, um, I think could change, but as of at this moment, I'd say Toronto definitely is the two. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. Even though they're fifth in the standings, I think that when it comes to playoff time, they might not even climb up the ladder too much because the Wizards are so hot and the Celtics have a five-game lead over them. So who knows if they actually really move up the standings any more than a, a spot or two. But I think as far as talent goes and when it comes to playoff, when you can roll out a lineup with Lowry, DeRozan, Valanchunas, um, Carroll, and and Ibaka, that's a really, really nice lineup, and that can do a lot of things defensively and offensively. And defensively, they've kind of dipped this year. Uh, they weren't as they weren't as great defensively as they they haven't been as great defensively this year as they were last year. So that's an issue. And Ibaka definitely gives them a huge uh, a huge upgrade at that position at that at that center spot. He kind of can also slide to that center spot and replace. Some of those minutes Biombo did or took last year. So, Chris, I kind of want to transition into the last thought of the Ibaka trade, and this is the last question that everyone's asking. It seems like with all these injuries and everything that Cleveland could be vulnerable at this point and that this might be the move. Chris, do you think that 
this is the year Toronto gets past Cleveland? You know, it's really tough to say just because we're in February and, yeah, it's the Cavs and LeBron, so, like, how hard are they going or how hard are they being pushed when it really matters, you know? And, I mean, I don't know, because last year Toronto took them to six games and that was without the addition of Ibaka. So I think that should help a lot. And DeRozan has even had, has improved even. Um, and then Carroll can always be a good defender, but he's not always healthy, so that's, you know, hard to say. I I would say no, just because strictly with LeBron knowing how he is, I just don't ultimately see them beating them, but I think they can compete. Like, they compete last year. Six games is competing, and you added Ibaka, which is nice. So I would say no, they wouldn't, wouldn't beat them, say, in the conference finals, and that's what it comes down to. But I don't think it's crazy to say they couldn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you because – and I'm with you on more of a superstitious sense because it seems like it seems like this is a year where Cleveland just J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, Mike Dunleavy didn't work out. LeBron's playing a bunch of minutes. Honestly, that's my biggest concern right now is the is the the minutes LeBron is playing this year. Uh, it's it's too high for someone his age and someone that has to endure the stress that he has because he's a guy who habitually goes to the finals every year or deep into the playoffs every year so it it's not it's it's not going to be it's not going to look good for him it's going to be hard for him to not be gassed by the time he gets to that uh to the the matchup against Toronto so i i see that window and you know what when you're a team that's like Toronto you don't punt this is when you go for it you say look we're taking a shot and who knows, maybe maybe even LeBron gets hurt for the first time in his career as far as playoff games go. And, you know, they or Kyrie, who's been healthy all year, but he's arguably the most injury-prone player of the big three, maybe he gets hurt, or maybe Kevin Love's knee just never recovers, and it's like Reggie Jackson, what we're seeing in Detroit, where that injury just lingers. You know, the Cavs can be beaten, um... I still, I still am with you. I think that Cleveland will. I think that Cleveland should be heavily favored against Toronto, and I don't think that this makes Toronto better than Cleveland on paper when both teams are fully healthy. I still think that, I still think that the Cavs would beat them in five games if they wanted to, because I just think playoff Cavs is totally different than what we're seeing in the regular season. Uh, they don't really care right now, so that's my thoughts as far as. As far as the as far as the Toronto Raptors versus Cleveland Cavaliers, but it does make things interesting in the East. So I like this move, and um, we could get some very good second round series as a result of this. Now, Chris, let's transition into what the podcast was originally supposed to be, which was the predictions for the All Star Weekend. So we'll start with the rising stars, and uh, give me a second to pull up the rising stars roster list. And I will read them off, and we will make our predictions. So the Rising Stars list goes as followed. As followed, sorry. Uh, for for Team US, it's remember it's Team US versus Team World. Team US has Devin Booker, Malcolm Brogdon, Marquise Chris, Brandon Ingram, Frank Kaminsky, Jahil Okafor, D'Angelo Russell, Jonathan Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, and Miles Turner. And the World Team roster. His headlined by Alex Abrines, who's replacing Joel Embiid due to his knee injury, Dante Exum, Buddy Heald, Nikola Jokic, Trey Lyles, Willie Herm Gomez, 
uh, Jamal Murray, Kristaps Porzingis, Domanis Sabonis, and Dario Saric. And uh, again, again, Her- Her- Hernan Gomez, I believe is how you say it. He's he's replacing Emmanuel Mude. So Chris, give me your prediction reading off those rosters. Who do you think is going to win, and who wins MVP? I would imagine, like, I'm going to pick King of the State just strictly. I think this roster is just overall better. Um, that being with the injuries of Bede and Moutier and Big Wolves, so those are two guys they would count on in that game situation. Um, I mean, look at Towns and Turner on four together. It would be really nice to see. Same with Deandre Russell out there, and Devin Booker can shoot the lights out. Overall, their team, in my opinion, is far superior. So I would say they will win. And in these contests, it's hard to say MVP-wise because the numbers are just insane. Like, guys yeah. put up the same numbers and not even win the MVP. Um, if I had to pick one, I would go... I don't want to say Towns. That's just like, oh, okay, of course it's Towns. I'm going to say Devin Booker. I think he could draw, realistically, 40 easily in this kind of situation. So I'm going to go with Booker. Hmm. You stole you stole my picks. I was going with I was going with uh, Team US and I was going with Booker. I agree with you. I think in you know a game where there's as least defense as possible, I think that this definitely favors Devin Booker and his shooting. Uh, but I will say someone I kind of have a sneaky suspicion about is is this Brogdon or Brogdon guy from the Bucks. Malcolm Brogdon has been sensational this year. Uh, and I think I think he could be a, a real dark horse for for the award. Yeah, I agree. He um, even now, like in real NBA, in real games, he, he can fill up the stat sheet in a bunch of different categories. So he's a uh, interesting pick for sure. Yeah, and so I like that, and I like I like this roster. It's 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 full of talented big men. Um, again, the the U.S. roster has Towns, Turner, and Marquise Chris is a guy who can jump out the gym. Jahil Okafor, I don't think he's going to do much in a game. Uh, he's just a back-to-basket player. But, um, you know, Jamal Murray's an electric guard. Uh, these these are This is some great young talent, and I think this shows that the league is going to be in great shape for a while. I'm really curious to see how Yoki is going to do it. He could beat for sure. Yeah, if, if I went with Team World, he would no doubt have to be my pick. I mean, the guy is just putting up unreal numbers right now. And then uh, him and Porzingis together, I mean, that's going to be nice, though, definitely to see. I mean, they could do some damage. Yeah, that would be a great front court pairing in real life, honestly, if we could get that throughout a, throughout a season. That would be that would be great to see. Um, so let's, let's transition to the Saturday night events. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the Saturday night events and pick our, pick our, uh, our winners. And so we'll start, we'll go in order of the events. And we'll start with the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. So, again, the participants are Devin Booker, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Gordon Hayward, Kristaps Porzingis, Isaiah Thomas, and John Wall. And so, first off, I want to explain the rules. They changed them last year, if you don't know. They have a big man bracket versus versus a guard bracket. And last year, the big men actually won. Uh, so, Chris, give me who you think is going to be the winner of this event? I think it will come down between Cousins and John Wall. I think that would be interesting too. Both Kentucky guys, teammates, and there have been rumors they want to play together in real life. I just ultimately think Cousins is the most skilled big man. And then John Wall, who I feel like doesn't get the recognition he deserves, 
he has been um, on fire recently, and he's really shifty, so I think Wall would come out of there. And then ultimately, I think John Wall, just based on his quickness, passing skills, he can score the ball, so you got to do that in the contest as well. I think John Wall will ultimately win this contest. Yeah, um, I... I, I think it's going to come down to Devin Booker and Anthony Davis. Um, Nico Jokic is a very uh, interesting pick late because he's been, as we talked about earlier, he's just so skilled and so damn good um, that this kind of obstacle course type event suits Jokic. But I would have to go, I, I think I'm going to go with Devin Booker again. I think, I, I think I'm wrong with Devin Booker, and that's not just for fantasy basketball reasons. I I like him in this contest. He's a quick guard, and when it comes down to that jump shot, that's the make or break. And he's one of the better shooters in this uh, in this event. So I think I think it could easily be uh, I, it could easily be his event this year. Yeah, I, I can see that too. And he went with two Kentucky guys as well, so they're just dominating this event apparently. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's transition to the three point contest, Chris. The, the participants go as followed. Eric Gordon, Kyrie Irving, Kyle Lowry, Wes Matthews, C.J. McCollum, Clay Thompson, Kemba Walker, and Nick Young. First off, before we get into this, uh, the prediction of it, what did you think of the overall field, and was there anyone you you would like to have seen in it that wasn't in it? Yeah, I, um, I actually really like it. I feel like there's a lot of um, star power, but for all of the events, this is the one I wanted to see Devin Booker in, so I'm kind of disappointed he's not in this one rather than the skills contest. Um, I would have liked to see him. I mean, this is something I feel like he def- could definitely excel in, and I'm sure he'll be in you know, going in the years forward, but I would have liked to see him for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that this is the, this is the, the event that suits him best, but overall, I was actually kind of disappointed in the list only because I expected a guy like Harden. I expected Curry. I was disappointed in Curry. I know you and I talked about this off air. We talked about how, you know, you said that Steph Curry and Steph Curry even told the NBA that he had given enough to the three-point contest and it was time for him to move on. And while I respect that, he's definitely earned the right to do that as a two-time MVP. I I would have liked to have seen him go one more year because he won he won 2 years ago and then Clay won last year. So I would have liked to have seen them duel it out one more time for the final spot uh, just to see if they could break the tie. And who knows, maybe they wouldn't have because, you know, obviously there's more than just Curry and Clay in this event. But uh, I would have liked to have seen that. And I would have liked to have seen Harden too. I thought I thought there could have been a little bit more star, star power. Uh, the only person I really think is a reach on this list is Wes Matthews. Uh, he was hot for a minute, but he's definitely cooled off as far as his three-point shooting goes. But everyone else, I, everyone else, I mean, Nick Young. Nick Young is a real dark horse pick. I like Nick Young a lot because I think I think he could really shine in this event. Eric Gordon's been shooting lights out. Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, CJ McCollum, Clay Thompson, Kemba. All these guys can shoot. Um, I think Wes Matthews is a one guy I would like to have seen replaced. But at the end of the day, you know, it it is what it is. You know, you can't have a you can't have a perfect list. Chris, give me your prediction of who you think is going to win. I mean, truthfully, I feel like these, a lot of these guys are so good that anyone's going to win. But it's just so hard to pick against Clay. I don't know if I want to pick Clay, but like, I don't know. I think I would want. I would really think it would be him or McCollum. Just that's how I feel. Um, I'm gonna go with McCollum. I'll go with my fantasy guy. 
<laughs> repping your fantasy team as always, Chris. Um, I like it. Yeah, I agree with you. It's very hard to go against Clay Thompson. And, you know, I looked at this list several times and I'm just, every time I'm trying to pick someone else, I, I keep going, what about Clay Thompson? But I ultimately went with Nick Young. He is balling right now. He has the, the swag. Maybe it's the swagger and the personality that he has that, you know, m- makes me think he's better than he really is as far as three-point shooting goes. But, but I don't know. I think he could put on a show. I think regardless, he's either he's either going to drop 30 or 3. I feel like there's no in-between with him. I feel like there's no in-between with him. So uh, I'm going I'm going all in on Nick Young on this event. That would be cool to see because it's obviously a guy like Nick Young. He's not someone who will participate in multiple events or always be an all-star weekend. So that would be really cool because, I mean, he is a funny dude. Like you said, he's got that swagger. So maybe he doesn't. Alright, so three-point event, that's one of my favorite events of, of the uh, of the weekend. And let's get to the primetime event of the weekend of All-Star Saturday Night, and that is the Verizon Slam Dunk Contest. Again, the participants are as followed. Aaron Gordon, DeAndre Jordan, Glenn Robinson III, and Derek Jones Jr. Sorry. And so, Chris, first off, what did you think of the field? Was there anyone you would have rather have seen? realistically outside of you know the the LeBrons that we've been wanting every year uh the realistic uh the realistic players who do you is there anyone you you would want to be in this contest that's not or are you okay with this with this lineup I think the lineup's pretty good um Levine you know I come back again I don't know like obviously he wasn't willing to do that but yeah that'd be entertaining to see the rematch between him and Gordon because also I think Gordon should have won last year but you know, realistically, would I would I like to see a guy like Vince Carter? Yeah, but what does he have to offer at this point? I just think it'd be a cool a cool see and a cool feel, but really, like he has no business being in it. Um, so I mean, I'm pretty okay with the list. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm okay with the list as well. Uh, I you know I I did give I did give pause for a minute when I seen Glenn Robinson and Derek Jones Jr. But I was immediately I was immediately won over when I watched the video of Derrick Jones Jr. I mean, this guy is a freak. I think a lot of people a lot of people are buzzing around him and a lot of people are picking him. So, Chris, I gotta ask you, I'm rolling with Aaron Gordon, the the, the should have been champ. I'm with you on that. Uh Chris, are you going with Derrick Jones Jr.? I think I'm gonna go with I think I am gonna go with him. I just think Jordan is ultimately like just too big of a guy. And Glenn Robinson, he's, I've seen him. He can dunk before. He played at Michigan. I always watch Michigan. Now he's in the Pacers. And he's, you know, getting some minutes and he's playing well. And, you know, he's, he's kind of entertaining an idea. But I think Jones will just because, you know, he's not like this household name. Obviously, he's been in the D League a lot this year. But if you can dunk, you can dunk. And I've seen videos and he's thrown down some ferocious dunks. He might want to make a name for himself. I think this is something that he will shine, and ultimately, I'm going to say he will win. Yeah, I mean, he's a dark horse for sure. I don't know if you can even call him a dark horse because it seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of support for him. But he, man, I watched that video, and I'll tell you what, it was hard not to pick against the guy. But I'm rolling with Gordon. I think he's going to come out with something special. Uh, I believe there hasn't been a report saying that he's out of the contest, but I don't believe there's actually been a report saying that he's confirmed in it because he is going through that injury right now. 
Chris, have you heard anything as far as his status goes? No, that would be a total blow if he wasn't. I'd be very upset because, like you said, last year he put on a show, and I would love to see what he come back for revenge and try and get the win this time. So I'm, I'm hoping he's in it for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so too. Um, so get well soon, Aaron Gordon, because we're going to need you for the dunk contest. But let's transition to All-Star. So before we get to our pick of what team and who's going to win the MVP, Chris, I want to I want to talk to you about Kevin Love's injury. Again, his, his knee injury will put him out for six weeks now, and he'll which will obviously miss the All-Star weekend. And he's going to be replaced. Who should be the replacement for Kevin Love at the All-Star? I think strictly off the position, given on the roster, he is the only center reserve for center, but you know he's the only guy who could play center, I guess. I would say, no, I think Carmelo, would, if it came down to it, I think he would ultimately get that spot. But maybe a guy like Carmelo just doesn't even want to be involved at the All-Star weekend this year. He might want to rest even more, go on vacation, whatever he wants to do. That's cool with me. Um, so I think a guy who should replace Love is Hassan Whiteside from Miami. His numbers are damn good. Um, they have been picking up lately, um, winning-wise. And overall, I just think he's the most deserving big replacement left out there in the East. I agree. I agree. I A couple weeks ago, I would have said, and I was also the one saying that Joel Embiid got robbed, but... I turned out to be totally wrong because he's been he's missed I believe twelve of the last thirteen games or something maybe it's maybe it's even more by the time we're recording this podcast and so obviously he's out he's out of the discussion so I would have loved to have seen him in the All Star weekend but I'm with you I th- I think it's got to I think to me it's Whiteside a lot of people are talking Bradley Beal and I get that. But at the same time, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can pick another guard. And Kevin Love is literally the only person that could realistically, in a modern NBA game today, play or even start at center on that roster. I mean, if 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 Love is out, I I don't even think Millsap would be your center. I think LeBron would be your center for the for the All Star contest, and that would just be that just wouldn't be good to me. So I'm going with Whiteside. I want to see at least one big man, especially because the West, if you look at the West side, Chris, the West side is full of bigs. Yes, full of bigs. And so um, I guess I should probably read off the All-Stars. But, Chris, in the meantime, give me your thoughts on who is going to win. Just looking at that starting five and that bench, it's just insane to think that the West wouldn't win. I mean, Curry, Harden, Durant, Litter, and Davis in the starting five. Westbrook, the triple-double man on the bench. They got you. They got Cousins on the bench. I love me some Boogie Cousins. I mean, <laughs> the West is absolutely stacked. So I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't win. So I have to go with the West, although I'm really rooting for the East. Yeah, I agree. I'm, you know, us being Detroit Piston fans, you know, you always want to root for the team, uh, the team you reps conference. But... And, and it's going to be fun to see the Greek freak and all them there. But, yeah, you you got to go with the West, man. I mean, just to read off these rosters, you got uh, the starting lineups for the for the East is uh, G- Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jimmy Butler, LeBron, DeMar DeRozan, Kyrie Irving. And then the bench is Paul George, 
Kevin Love, who will be replaced by to be announced, Kyle Lowry, Paul Millsap, Isaiah Thomas, Kemba Walker, and John Wall. And again, the Western Conference goes as follows. Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, James Harden, DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Gasol, Draymond Green, Gordon Hayward, DeAndre Jordan, Klay Thompson, and Russell Westbrook. I mean, that is just a ferocious lineup. I mean, I mean, honestly, out outside of outside of LeBron and and a few other players, they got like arguably, uh, roughly, probably like seven of the ten best players in this event. Yeah, definitely. And the only thing I could see that would go wrong is obviously the drama that we might be hoping for is that if the Warriors four and then Westbrook. That'd be interesting to see. Maybe he doesn't pass the ball. He just can't go right to the rim the whole time. Who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Or you know, man, it would have been it. W- it would have been so great if Zaza was in there too, with with that whole Westbrook Zaza beef going on. <laughs> you can only imagine. I can imagine Westbrook bringing the ball down the court and just sending it down and punching, and punching uh, Pachulia. <laughs> I, I, I can see it right now. Um, oh, and and by the way, I should note the coaches are Steve Kerr will rep the Warrior. Or sorry, not the Warriors. Steve Kerr of the Warriors will rep the Western Conference. And Brad Stevens of the Boston Celtics will rep the Eastern Conference as far as coaches go. So, Chris, now that we've made our predictions, we both picked West. Give me your MVP of the All-Star Sunday night game. I mean, I guess the MVP has to be on the West. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's just so many guys. I'm just curious to see how the minutes will go and whatnot. I'm going to say... James Harden. I mean, that might be a cop-out just because I think he's the leading MVP guy, but he might not score a lot. I mean, he definitely could go and score a lot, but I think his assist or rebound numbers could just be through the roof. Yeah. Um, so, I would think to me, he is a definitely a favorite to win that. Yeah, we could easily see 20 assists from Harden uh, in this in this game, the way this game is played. Even though he only he he might only play twenty eight minutes, but get get twenty assists. I mean, the guy is the guy finds the guy is taking a, a Rockets team that's full of role players and averaging eleven and a half assists a game. So you gotta imagine throw a little bit more talent around him, and he could get he could easily get to twenty, maybe thirty if he was playing full regular minutes. I mean. <laughs> I mean the guy. The guy is a freak as far as as far as assists go and just playmaking in general. So I like that pick uh, also because I have him for fantasy and he is single handedly putting me in the driver's seat right now. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm gonna go with Russell Westbrook. I'm I'm gonna do it. I think he's gonna do it again. I think I think in the All Star weekend. I I haven't looked up like what the average minutes are and correlated them like for starters and bench, but. I'm pretty sure they all get roughly amount around the same amount of minutes minus a player or two, and Westbrook will definitely get uh will definitely get close to close enough minutes to the starters where I think he can just he can just have an insane night and go off and win MVP. Well, I would like to see. I'm curious to see how Steve Kerr will ultimately handle pretty much the fourth quarter, really, because if it is a close game, I mean it's still a game. Yeah, it's an exhibition, it's entertainment, but it is ultimately a game that you want to win and the guys want to win um i'm curious to see if it's you know close to the fourth how kerr will play westbrook or his guys 
like if he has Westbrook in there or not, maybe you know doesn't want to turn it over, whatever it is. I'm just curious to see how he will handle that. Yeah, I can only imagine Westbrook being called to the bench when the game is close for for <laughs> Steph Curry. That would infuriate him. I don't see how that would fit over at all. <laughs> yeah, Westbrook seems to have a slight temper issue. For sure. Um, all right, well, Chris, thank you once again for coming on and making this tradition happen. Uh, it was up in the air for a while to see if it was going to happen. It seemed like it wasn't going to happen. It seemed like things weren't working out. But you know what? The basketball gods aligned, and they said they said the people need this podcast. So I'm glad to have you back on the podcast, brother, and I hope you're doing well. You too, man. I'll always be here for this podcast. This one is us. This is a pencil in every year, every calendar. Every year. I mean, you're not coming on as much as you used to, but I can book you for the All-Star every year, right? Definitely. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for coming on. And for those of you that want more of my podcast, both my hip hop and my my NBA podcast, you can check them out. Uh, Tuesdays, I release a Strictly Hoop Talk episode where it's an NBA podcast. And Thursdays, I release a hip hop podcast where it's an album review. It's a discussion. It's it's what whatever it can be. Uh, the hip hop is definitely the hip hop podcast has no limits as far as as far as it goes. And I recently found out that I, I was saying I was plugging my Twitter the whole time, but I found out you can just Google me now. I'm 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 getting kind of famous now. You can just Google me at Chris Platty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a stunt. It's a little bit of a stunt, but um, yeah, Google Google Chris Platty, and you will find a link to my Twitter, which is where I have links to my podcast. Or the second link will be a link to all my podcasts on iTunes. So go check those out. Please uh, leave a review, rate five stars, of course, and uh, share the good word of, of the Chris Platty podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will have more podcasts coming later this week. And, uh, of course, next week I'll get back to my schedule of Tuesday and Thursday releases. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Strictly Hoop Talk, Chris Platty, with special guest Chris Phillips. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.